Let me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. What up? I'm Mean Joe Grizzly, and this is the Mean Joe Grizzly Podcast, and I'm hanging out here at the Grizzly Cave, thinking of ways to deal with giant morphing flying saucers before they eat everyone in the California desert. So, in preparation, I went and seen the latest movie from up-and-coming director and modern master of horror candidate Jordan Peele called Nope. So, since I watched it, I might as well review it. But before we get started, I want to remind everyone to please like and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. That way you will never miss an episode. Also, follow the show on all social media platforms so you can get updates on upcoming episodes, geek news, discussions, cool videos, and interact with yours truly. So, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at the Mean Joe Grizzly Podcast, at Mean Joe Grizz Pod on Twitter, like the Mean Joe Grizzly podcast Facebook page, and last but certainly not least, join my Mean Militia on the show's official Facebook group, the Mean Joe Grizzly Mean Militia. I look forward to interacting with y'all and talking about all forms of badassery. But let's get to my review of Jordan Peele's Nope. This is Grizzly Grade Reviews. So Jordan Peele's Nope is the story of a family of ranchers who train horses to be used in film. And they are like the only ranch left that does this. But not only that, their great-great-great-grandfather was featured in the first motion picture as a jockey riding on a horse. But their business begins to suffer after the mysterious death of the family patriarch, the father played by the legendary Keith David, was killed by a coin that fell from the sky. Not only that, but the coin wasn't the only thing that fell, but a multitude of random metal objects like keys, screws, and other stuff. Six months later, the son, OJ, played by Daniel Kaluuya, is continuing to take care of the ranch, but has fallen on hard times as is struggling desperately to hold on to the family business, while his sister, Emerald, played by Kiki Palmer, wants to do whatever she can to make it big. And then, everything changes when a UFO begins to snatch up horses and essentially stalk the skies of the ranch. And this is when the siblings decide to try and capture footage of the UFO, dubbing it the Oprah shot. This would give OJ what he wants, which is to save the family's business and maintain his father's legacy, while Emerald would get the fame that she's always wanted. So they begin to try to film this UFO, but they can't ever get any footage of it because wherever the UFO is, 
all electronics are essentially gone. All the power is drained from everything, even stuff that runs on batteries. Almost like it's a flying EMP. As the movie goes on, the UFO displays constant behavior, if you will, that isn't associated with something that is inorganic. So we start figuring out, and the biggest evidence of this is, is there's a, an amusement park that's located very close to the ranch, almost down the street, if you will, from the ranch. And that's ran by Stephen Yin's character. I believe his name is Jupe. Jupe is, he's pretty much got like, it's kind of like a Dollywood out in the desert, but it's all cowboy themed and rodeo themed and all that. And OJ had been selling him horses from his ranch to try to make ends meet on the premise that Jupe would be selling them back to OJ once OJ got financially stabled. Little does OJ know, Jupe isn't going to sell him anything back because Jupe has been feeding the horses, if you will, to the UFO. So this is when we find out that the UFO isn't necessarily a UFO because the latest horse that OJ sold to Jupe which is named Lucky, and I believe it is OJ's favorite horse. He sells it to Jupe, and Jupe brings in this crowd of people and has Lucky locked up in this kind of box, and he essentially releases Lucky to be sacrificed slash fed to this UFO, and it eventually stuff happens to provoke this ufo and the ufo kind of goes berserk and sucks up everybody in the crowd but the horse and it is here that we see that this ufo is not really a ufo it's a creature of some sort it's some kind of apex predator that we're gonna say that it is an alien but we don't know for sure but it's essentially a giant flying a giant flying shark it doesn't look like a shark but that's essentially what it is that's the best way that i can put it is it's it's just a giant flying apex predator and it sucks everybody up in the crowd and the way it works is it like it, it sucks everything up like, kind of like a vacuum and then it eats all organic matter and it spits out all inorganic matter that it can't digest, like coins and screws and keys. And now we put two and two together that the creature regurgitated all this metal six months prior. And one of the coins that it regurgitated killed OJ's dad. That's how we figure out the, the truth behind the death of OJ's dad. So you find out that the creature isn't, or that the UFO isn't really a UFO, it's a creature. And that's when the journey begins to catch this thing on film so that their financial troubles would be over and the whole world would know that there is life outside of this planet. So they go to like a local electronic store to buy a bunch of camera equipment and stuff. And this is when they run into the character of Angel Torres played by Brandon Piera to like come out and like he's like he, it's like Best Buy he like works for Geek Squad so he comes out puts all these motion cameras up and stuff and 
effectively nothing happens. They because they can't catch it on film because every time the creature flies over a certain area, all electronic items depower and are rendered useless. It's kind of like a giant flying EMP because even stuff with that is battery operated is is worthless. It just cuts off. It's just completely drained of power. So that leads them to seek out a cinematographer that they worked with when they were selling horses to Hollywood to be used for movies and stuff. And they seek out Michael Wincott's character, Antler's Hoist. And he's like this renowned cinematographer that has just been in the business for so long that he's just perfect for the job. And at first he's very reluctant to take the job, but he ends up taking the job, ultimately leading them to finally have this quote final showdown to capture this alien on camera and it leads to this very very exciting conclusion and the thing is is that this is such a unique concept of how because I went into this movie thinking that it was going to be just a straight sci-fi horror movie and it's not it's it has more in line with Jaws and Close Encounters and Summer Blockbusters. But it does have horror elements sprinkled in. And I was kind of surprised when I went and seen it because I, I really was expecting like another another obscure, or not really obscure, but, a, but another like very abstract horror film like Get Out or Us. And came out completely surprised and when I first came out of watching this movie I, I didn't really know how to feel about it because I didn't hate it I didn't like it and then the more I thought about it and went over the movie in my head the more I liked it and it's one of those things where the movie has you thinking because Jordan Peele's movies are filled with metaphors and messages and stuff like that. And in this one, he, he, he spares no exception with all the messages and stuff and, and, and stuff he's trying to convey or talk about. And unlike what it did with us, where it kind of got in the way of the bigger picture and, and the movie just became too big and just collapsed on itself nope doesn't do that nope actually weathers the storm better than us did now this movie has some flaws but i'll get to those later when i go over the the pros and cons of the movie but the thing i want to talk about is is the themes in the movie and there's several different themes in this movie whether it's talking about the exploitation of animals and showbiz because there's also and i haven't haven't mentioned it steven yin's character isn't just this random character it's he is a a former child star who was on a show called gordy i believe and gordy is was a show with a chimpanzee as the main character it's like one of those weird 90 sitcoms where an animal was that was the the main character and one day in the mid to late 90s they had an episode about Gordy's birthday and a bunch of balloons popped when they released balloons for his birthday and the chimp went wild and killed almost all the cast and killed some people in the crowd. It was just a bloodbath and it was something that the studio just wanted to cover up and Jupe was the only survivor of that massacre and 
it just and also at the beginning of the movie where OJ and Emerald meet this the cinematographer Antlers he is a cinematographer on a commercial or movie that OJ is training Lucky for and they actually got fired from that job because the people on the staff didn't respect the horse or its boundaries and the horse ended up kicking a cast member and caused them to lose their job it's there's a lot of references to the exploitation of animals the whole premise of the movie of them trying to capture footage of this ufo the animal the ufo is an animal it's not a machine it's an animal so them constantly messing with it like steven yin making a spectacle out of it and i'll get to that in a second but Stephen Yin making a spectacle out of the monster and using it for profit ends up causing the animal to lash out and kill the entire crowd of this amusement park. The The other theme is, Jordan Peele's touching on is humanity having to make a spectacle out of everything. And in fact, at the beginning of the movie, there is actually a Bible quote that is said, and it says, I will cast abominable filth upon you make you vile and make you a spectacle and that's from Nahum 3.6 in the Bible and that's probably the main theme of the movie in its many list of themes and he does a very good job of conveying both of these messages there's also the the one I'm not hearing many people talk about which is the price of fame OJ and Emerald, and even to an, an extent, the other cast members, they, even though most of the time, or at the beginning, they were all very reluctant to poke this, quote, bear and chase after this UFO, they still did it anyway, even at the expense of their own lives. And there's even a scene, like at the end of the movie, when they're trying to capture capture film on this ufo where a tmz reporter in a in a weird electric motorcycle thing i guess that's a thing I, i've never seen an electric motorcycle but here we are not a scooter like a legit motorcycle and he shows up and he actually wipes out when he hits the creature's magnetic field and breaks his arm and oj goes out to help him and he's more concerned about his his camera and getting the footage than he is his own life so that ends up costing that tmz reporter his life so stuff like that like the fact that the fact that like all the characters at multiple times in this movie were in positions where they are going to die if they don't they don't get away still go back and try to capture this this thing on film so the, the price of fame is what what are what we will do to make it big is it worth it it's a lot of good questions that he's asking this movie and most of the time and in the other two jordan peele movies get out i think is still his masterpiece and he, he's he's never topped that uh us is to me as of right now that's his greatest failure because us was such a great it was such a good idea but he loaded it down with metaphors and 
all these scenarios and all these social commentary that it crushed itself upon uh, under the weight of all of that instead of him keeping it simple and actually making a halfway decent horror movie he he just he, he got too big for his britches if that makes any sense it's still it's still not horrible but it should have been so much better and the that's not even my problem with the movie my biggest problem with that movie is no one talks like the normal family talks not the doppelgangers but the family that the doppelgangers are stalking no one talks like that no one goes outside when there's when there's a group of potential home invaders coming down you don't go out there with a bat and say i'm gonna bang your head with this bat if you come any closer no one talks like that that's bullshit i had to suspend disbelief on that the whole time like even for a b-horror movie that was really really bad dialogue and that's my biggest problem with that one is the dialogue in the movie some of the worst i've ever heard in a movie ever but i digress i can talk about problems i have with that movie forever but i don't have many problems with this movie and that leads me to what I liked and what I didn't like about the movie. So the the stuff that I really liked about it is the one thing that is a constant with Jordan Peele's movies is his movies are visually gorgeous. He that guy I don't know who he gets for his cinematographer or if it's his vision of what he wants to, people to see on camera. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a combination of both. And I haven't done any research to see if he uses the same cinematographer or not. But his movies are beautiful. Us is one of the best looking movies of this generation. So is Get Out. This movie's no exception. The way that they have the, the UFO or the creature flying through the clouds at night or even in the daytime is just stunning the inside of the creature when it eats people and you're getting the first person's perspective is beautiful the creature itself now i'm not gonna lie the there's a point where this ufo morphs because i thought the whole time it was just going to be this ufo looking thing with a mouth on the bottom of it and it turns out that this thing actually morphs into this really beautiful looking animal it kind of it kind of turns into like it doesn't look like it's alive i mean it looks like it's alive but it doesn't look like it doesn't look animal like it almost looks like a kite like a real pretty like one of those real pretty japanese kites it kind of looks like that to a degree but it's it doesn't have a bad creature design when it does that I just did I expected something a little more menacing and I think that that's where he pulled his inspiration from like close encounters and stuff like that to make it not as horrifying and it's unique and I don't I don't really have any problem with it I think it's actually kind of cool however how this UFO like you absolutely 100% believe once you figure it out that this isn't a machine that this is a this is a living creature and I, I thought that that was really cool how they did that and that was visually stunning how they did it too the when when you can't see the creature but you can see its shadow at night 
it's, it's just gorgeous. Like the way they light up the night with the moon and stuff in the movie is gorgeous. The there's a scene where it rains down blood on this house, and that scene itself is so horrifying, but it's so gorgeous at the same time. Like his movies are just really. They're really well shot, and the cinematography is always like some of the best I've seen in a movie ever. So that's something that he constantly has a hold on. I think that overall, out of all the movies, I think these characters are portrayed the best, and I like them the best. They're the most down-to-earth out of all the characters from his movies, in my opinion. The only gripes that I have, and I'll get to, I'll get to those gripes later. But overall, the overall cast in this movie is fantastic. I think that the movie is, for the most part, I think the movie is well written. It might be his best written movie, if I'm being honest with you. To me, and to the point that maybe Jordan Peele needs to stick to doing stuff more on this speed, to more blockbuster thrillers than to horror in general but i digress about that i'm i'm not ready to give jordan peele a master of horror title yet he's he's not there yet he's getting he's getting close but he's not there yet now i think that he's definitely on his way he's just got to get a couple more hits under his belt for me for to, for me to throw that title on him now the stuff i didn't like um, it's not very much. I had a, I had a problem with how long the movie was. The movie was long. I think it was over two hours long. If it wasn't, it damn sure felt like it. And we definitely could have trimmed this movie down a little bit. Now, the side plot that I was talking about with Stephen Yen's character and Gordy, a lot of people, I kind of, I kind of agree with a lot of people where I say we could have just cut that whole scene out. We could have cut all that out and just used all the other examples of animal exploitation to hammer that message home. But I get, I get what what people were where he was going with that. Uh, just like with all his other movies, there there is a little too heavy-handed with the metaphors and stuff even though i think this movie does do it the best out of all of them i think that he kind of with the and this goes into the whole movie being too long thing he got too caught up with having to explain all the metaphors and meaning behind what he was wanting the message he was wanting to convey he gets too caught up in the message and not enough into the movie and that's a flaw he has with all of his movies, us especially. But this movie, he did it a little bit better. It's just he couldn't help himself towards midway of the movie. He had to throw that stuff in there. And although to me it's not something that was just so bad about the movie, but it, it did extend the movie longer than what it needed to be. This movie should have been an hour and a half and it would have been just fine. 30 that trim that 30 minutes out this movie gets a five out of five for me because my main concern problem was i probably deducted a half star because of how long the movie was because it was a little too long for me now the other little negative i have is also something that 
that happens in most of Jordan Peele's movies. And it's not really the dialogue, because I didn't find any dialogue in this movie just plain out just dumb. Like, no one talks like this. Um, but there there was some one character in particular that I was like, okay, this is I have to suspend all logic and realize that this isn't that 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 people really act like this because no one acts like this and that was the character of oj now i really liked oj's character my biggest problem with it was is that oj there are times when crazy shit happens in this movie and oj has the most stone-faced reaction to everything <laughs> now there's a couple of times where he does react but man there's some times where this crazy ass shit happens in this movie and he's just like just standing there just looking at it like when he first kind of catches a glimpse of the ufo he's just like huh that's a ufo he don't say that but that's kind of how his reaction is and i'm like Dude, you be shitting your pants in real life. And there's there's a time where he's generally trapped by this UFO. Like I said, the 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 UFO slash creature is very much like the shark in Jaws. Like it's it it stalks and lingers around its prey. And there are times where it's right there with OJ and it's gonna get you think it's gonna snatch him up like it does everything else and it leaves him alone. But that whole time where this tension's really high, it kind of kills the tension of the movie when OJ doesn't react the way that you, a normal person should react to it. Like, almost like he's a, there's something mentally wrong with the guy. Like, dude, if I've seen a flying saucer and I've seen it like sucking up horses and shit, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> like, I'm going to freak out. And that, that kind of took me back. And I'd say that was, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't bad enough for me to have a huge issue with it. So I'll probably say it was like a quarter star deduction. My other uh, my other quarter of a star deduction is sometimes the comedy in this movie just didn't work for me. And that's fine. I just don't like forced comedy. And there is some forced comedy in this. Now there's some stuff I died laughing at. But, like, there's a lot of people praising this movie for its comedy and all that. And, I mean, it's not as goofy as, like, Thor, Love, and Thunder. It's nowhere close to that, actually. But a lot of the comedy was just like, huh. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. I don't care. That's not that funny. It was kind of like that, if that makes any sense whatsoever. If you're kind of hard to, you're kind of hard to make laugh, you're not going to be dying laughing at this movie like everybody keeps telling you it's going to be. And really, that's all my problems I have with the movie. The ending of this movie is so great. And the final message of the film where family is more important than fame. And and really, I believe that, that, I, I believe that that's what the final message is, is that family is more important than fame. And I think that that was the thing that OJ's character was trying to convey the entire time is that family is more important. The legacy of our family is more important than making it big. This place is more important than Hollywood fame and all that. And I, I, I think that that message was solidified at the end of this movie. I don't really want to talk about the ending, but 
either way i really really enjoyed this movie i i came out not knowing how i felt about it and more i thought about it the more i was like yeah i kind of like this movie so i'm definitely definitely putting it above us but it's not as good as get out but it's it's pretty good i really enjoyed it and i kind of hope that jordan peele keeps this momentum and just keeps making more movies like this if he can consistently make movies like this then he's he sold me as a fan because i for a little while there i thought he was going to be really hit or miss for me and that's still left to be seen but get out and this fantastic give me more of this but let's move on to the verdict Nope is one of the most unique summer blockbusters we've seen in years, delivering more of a thriller in the same realm of Jaws and Close Encounters than a sci-fi horror film like Alien and Signs, and it works. It has great performances by the cast, some very interesting creature effects, and a great story that conveys Peel's messages of exploitation, fame, and spectacle even though it does extend the runtime a little bit too long. Overall, Peel bounces back from the sophomore slump. Nope gets a 4 out of 5 and is grizzly grade guaranteed. Go see it. And with that, we're going to bring this episode to an end. Thank you all so much for y'all's continued support and patience. Without y'all, this show is not possible. I want to give a shout out to Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. His music is amazing and it is what I use as my background music throughout each episode as well as the music I use for my intro and outro. So check out White Bat Audio on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts and also follow the show on all social media platforms. And most importantly, join the Mean Militia by joining the official Facebook group the Mean Joe Grizzly Mean Militia. On the next episode, we're going to be cracking open the Grizzly Guide and talking about the Sandman, just in time for its Netflix show that's airing next week. But until next time, remember, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs>